From Philadelphia Young Playwrights, this is Mouthful. I'm Trinae Nuri. Every week, we'll be having a complicated conversation with a young person about the things that matter to them, things that they have written about and shared on stages across the city. And then we'll go out into the community and talk to teens, adults, experts, anyone who can broaden the conversation. Meet Adam. He's 18 and on his way to his first job interview. He's all prepared, had his clothes picked out ahead of time, and read the company's handbook from top to bottom. But when he meets the store manager, things take a turn. Let's listen to the monologue entitled Adam, written by Dylan Henry, performed by Jarek Madrano, live at the 2018 Mouthful Monologue Festival. <laughs> Hong Kong, Lady Gaga's I Was Born This Way was only on half volume. It felt like it was blasting. Are you nervous, Adam? My mother asked me, but I couldn't hear her over the lights, the sounds. There were too many of them. Nevertheless, I knew I was ready. Everything was in order. I had my shoelaces tied the way I liked them. I had my favorite and only red sneakers on. Also, I had every single rule of the Acme Handbook memorized. It was undeniable. Just turning 18, I was ready for my first job interview. I always loved to go to Acme with my mom. I always knew when we had to go since my favorite and routine foods of the week were gone. When we get there, I'd go right to the can aisle. If there was a worker stocking, of course I'd offer my help because they never do it the correct way. <laughs> All the times me and my mom spent there together faded away and my nerves took control. The same acne I had been to so many times before now felt like a whole new world. My mother told me to get out the car. Walking in, I kept my head down. I hated when people stared at me. They'd always look, but they never really saw. Some of them would smile, but it's like they felt sorry for me. Uh, the lights were too bright, I began to shake. Mom calmed me down. We took our deep breaths. And then a man walked over to me. He must have been the manager since he was so tall and his name tag said so. His name was Tom. I thought Tom might like to hear it, so I begin to recite the rules. One, always wear your name tag. Two, always wear your uniform. Three, always be on time. Four, never eat the food. Five, always ask customers if they need... His waving hand gesture was my signal to stop. He looked me over once, then twice, and got a weird look on his face. I didn't like the face. It reminded me of when my mother told me she had to put our dog down. I begin to sweat. Can he fire me before I even work here? He cleared his throat and told my mother, we are not hiring right now, ma'am. I looked to my right because I distinctly remember seeing a help wanted poster. That didn't make any sense. My mother must have caught on to something I didn't because she looked furious. I just hope I wouldn't be the cause of another fight between my mother and whoever got in her way. To my dissatisfaction, she began to yell. My ears began to ring, so I covered them. 
Even through the muffled sound, I heard what she said. What? What was she talking about? No, not, not me. I'm not handicapped. I'm not old. I don't sit in a wheelchair. Before I knew it, the thoughts became words, and the words became screams. I want to work here. body on the cold towel of the acne floor, but I'm not exactly sure how I got here. My mother had tears in her eyes. She couldn't find the words to say. I couldn't hear her over the lights, the sounds, my shoes being untied, my shirt scratching my skin too hard. She hugged me tight. This is how I like it. Always imagined that I could be manager. The name tag securely pinned on my right side would say, Manager, Adam. I would ride my red bike from my big red house bright and early just so I can stack the cans. I would love to stack them. All the labels can be seen clearly, and all the colors will be in the arrangement of the rainbow. And then all the employees would clap and cheer because they never seen anything more beautiful in their entire lives. And I would be the one interviewing people. I wouldn't ask too many questions. I wouldn't make them feel uncomfortable. Everyone would be able to work at Acme. When I surfaced back to reality, all the store workers were looking at me. They didn't want to talk, so I ran to the car. I turned the music up, and it was that same freaking song, that annoying song. Beautiful in my room, God makes no mistakes, on the right track of the Perfect lyrics made up for my mother's silence. been around me. That's Dylan. She's a sophomore at Philadelphia High School for Creative and Performing Arts. I have at my school like a class where I'm handy capable because I don't know like what they have but um, people come to my school and learn and my brother has been on the spectrum since he's little and um, yeah I mean like it's not something a lot of people talk about so like when said like you have to do a monologue I was like well that would be something cool to write about. So that's where it all like started. How old is your brother? He's nine. Okay, so um, is your family um, in fear that maybe when he gets older, he's not going to get uh, seen the way that you you all see him? Yeah, I think because like. For my brother, it's kind of just like he doesn't have an edit button. So, like, we understand, oh, like, he just is behind. Like, oh, you can't say these things. But, like, for other people, they're not going to know that. Like, people just say, like, that guy's weird. Integrating him into normal society, like, that's what my parents wanted to do. They didn't want to shelter him because that's not what's going to happen, like, when he gets older and has to go to college and get a job. Because, like, for him, like, since he's not the most... um like, on the spectrum that he could be, there's no need to, like, 
protect him. Like, he has to learn how to protect himself in a way. How do you, how do you receive your brother? <laughs> I love him, first of all. Um, but, like, I forget sometimes that he even has it. Because, like, he's at the point in his life where it's like, yeah, he goes to normal school. Like, he's a normal kid. So when things come out of his mouth, like, I have to think for a sec. He's just behind sometimes. Like, that's why he doesn't understand. You shouldn't say these things, like, around people. I'm, I get worried sometimes because other kids don't understand, especially kids his age. Like, he's been through bullying and things like that. So, like, I get worried about him. But, like, I have hope that he'll be okay because I think he's already, since he's little, like, he's already made so much progress so I can see him going far. So what ultimately happens to Adam is that the manager turns him down to get the job. Why did you want to show um, that discrimination? I wanted to show that because I think that it's real. Like, a lot of unjust things happen. Like, it's illegal for someone to turn another person down because they have a disability but like I'm sure that it happens and it's not just being turned down for jobs it's just more a symbolism of being turned down in life and um, I also did it to show like the mom's reaction because like I wanted to show that because it felt like my mom like the way she was always fighting for my brother. The way that the manager dismisses Adam and talks to the mom why was that important in the monologue? Because a lot of people will do that. It's like, uh, and almost like, I don't want to look at you because I don't want to, like, do something wrong or, like, it's just awkward. Like, I see kids do it at my school. Like, like they'll, like, swerve, like, the kids that have issues. And it's like, well, they're humans, too. Like, they can see you doing that. You know what I mean? I wanted that in because it's, like, he's not acknowledging his presence. Like, he doesn't exist. So I thought that would be powerful for the audience to feel. Have you ever seen your mom get emotional as the mom does in this monologue? Yes. Um, mostly out of, like, frustration, because, like, for, like, a long time felt like there was nothing we could do. Like, and my mom had, like, every therapist at my house. Like, when he was little, he used to, like, throw tantrums like no other. Like, and that's when she would get frustrated, because, like, it was like, how do we, how do I deal with this? You know what I mean? Like, he, it's not like he has an appearance, like he has a disability, but we know, but we can't yell it to the world, like, except my kid, like, there's, there's nothing wrong with him. It's just a frustration that you can't express. You want everybody to love your kid the way you do. How do you want people to receive someone like your brother? I want them to just be, like, more accepting. Like, than to just turn the cold shoulder, like, just because they act differently. Or, like, they have different ways of thinking about things. Like, that's the biggest thing. Like. They're usually people with autism and stuff like this think way like wider than we do are a lot smarter. They just, it's common sense that sometimes they're missing or like edits that we would know not to say something at a certain time. And it's like, we just have to consider that and like not exclude these people from just the normal society. To broaden this conversation, Mouthful producer Mitchell Bloom and I went to Project Search. Project Search is a partnership between several different groups, including the School District of Philadelphia and A.J. Drexel Autism Institute at Drexel University. It offers vocational training and internships to young adults diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder. Can you tell us a little bit about what Project Search is? Project Search is a program that was started by a, um, a nurse 
uh, they saw the need for students with disabilities to have employment and retain employment. Uh, my name is Cynthia Santiago. I'm the project search instructor. And what it allows for uh, individuals with disability is to have internships where they can learn employability skills. You know, those soft skills that they may need in a work setting before they actually go out and um, seek employment. I'm Paul Barth, and I am the skills trainer for Project Search. Um, so I do a lot of the job coaching and in classroom support. Our program is very unique because we have every all of our interns have autism. Um, so our program specifically is just autism, um, and we're actually one of the pilot programs for a specific autism adaptation package. Um, so we were one of two programs to start using it last year. We were the first two in the country to start using it. Can you explain to me what that is? Yeah, so basically it gives you like um, like a guide to use. It's more of dealing with soft skills, you know, how to interact with managers, how to interact with peers, things like that. Um, I guess you could speak to a little Asking more of it. Asking for help. Um, how do I exactly do I call in for if I'm sick? Um, how do I greet someone for the first time versus the second time? Um, how do I interrupt? Uh, those are things that we normally do not have to give it any thought that we have to teach them. Um, for a work setting versus a school setting that they've been in for years. When we're coaching them, we're gearing that towards independence. We don't want to do things for them. We want them to learn how to do it and become more independent. How old are the young people that come into the program? Anywhere from 18 to 21. Are there any like local, state, or federal limitations to when they can be involved in the program? Do they like get aged out? They do age out at age 21 which is when the, the school district then no longer provides services, yes. So once a young person finds an internship that they like or a job that they like, where do you all come in? What services or support do you give? Once they finish the program, so then that's when actually Jackie can and jump in on. My name is Jackie Boyden. I'm the uh, Project Search job developer. I help develop internship sites, and um, I also help the Project Search graduates um, find paid employment at the end of their program. We start job development for the interns pretty much halfway through the program. We don't wait until the end. We'd like to see them get out and work and start interviewing and, you know, possibly working. So what I do is I support them um, with the application process. I take them on interviews. I support them during the interviews. I advocate on their behalf. And then if they are hired, I help with the onboarding process and getting them adjusted to starting their, their career, their work life. If you were to speak to the supervisor in the monologue who sort of has a negative reaction to the prospect of hiring the character Adam, mm -hmm. um, what would you say to him? I think it's easy to be judgmental um, of people that are either on the spectrum or have another disability. Um, we say the word disability, but everyone has the ability to provide something in life, um, and they're just looking for their opportunity um, to help out. I think I can speak for the various supervisors on campus where this program is really life-changing, not only for the intern in general, but for them, because it gives them the experience with working with a wide range of people um, that they wouldn't get otherwise. And you're really providing these interns with meaningful skills and life experiences that they can use going forward. Can you tell me an experience that was like an, a success story? I think we Something have many success yeah. stories yeah. now. So, who wants we have this many. <laughs> so, um, 
We actually had four interns from our first mm. year um, get employed at the Philadelphia International Airport. They're in full-time jobs making the prevailing wage. And all different jobs. It's not specific jobs made for them. They're real jobs. So in HR, in the warehouse, in the mailing. One of our interns, he did a variety of things here, including um, navigating the campus in one of his internships, um, doing mailing in one of his internships. And he used what he learned here to get the job at the airport where now he works in the mailing and he has to go all over the the airport and it's a very it's like its own city so he's learned how to navigate different areas and how to do mailing through this program and it directly led to a job any last words you want to share to someone like adam Right. Um, so life in general is very difficult. Um, you're going to run into different problems throughout your life, and this is just another problem that you have to face, but you have the ability to be successful in life and try these different things. Um, and like Cynthia said, you know, just don't give up. You have the ability to do these things. It might be difficult, but you're going to overcome what you're experiencing, and you'll be successful. Overcoming this is going to, you know, make someone like Adam a more resilient person, a better person, and there are plenty of opportunities out there and plenty of people who really do care and want to, um, you know, help young people like Adam. I would say that not to give up, I guess, and, and to understand that not everyone understands what they may go through. That, to me, that's what really touched me, is when, you know, to think that this is, you know, what's going on inside of their heads, and somebody else looking in from the outside doesn't understand the level of anxiety that they go through, especially uh, with a new setting, with new people, all of these things that they encounter that are, may not be as, I mean, it's, it makes us anxious sometimes, so imagine somebody who's even more sensitive to those kind of situations. Um, so I think it's just... Um, to not give up and to understand that not everybody understands what autism is about and what it feels like. Mm-hmm. Thank you guys so much. Yeah, thank, you. thank you. If you want to know more about Project Search or know someone who could benefit from their programs, check out our website for more details. Thanks to Dylan, Cynthia, Paul, and Jackie for the conversations. What advice would you give to Adam? What about the manager? Send us a tweet at Mouthful Philly. I'm Trinae Nuri. Thanks for listening. Hey, Mouthful listeners. Mitchell here. On Wednesday, June 6th, the final episode in our second season will be recorded live, and we'd love to have you in the audience. We'll be discussing a monologue about gun violence in the city called Restore My Brotherly Love. The event begins at 4.30 at the U School in North Philadelphia. Best of all, it's free. For more information, to RSVP, and to listen to the monologue, visit mouthfulpodcastphilly.com slash mouthful dash live. There's a little dash in there. What? Mouthfulpodcastphilly.com slash mouthful dash L-I-V-E. Hope to see you there. Mouthful is produced by Lisa Nelson-Haynes, Trinae Nuree, and Mitchell Bloom, that's me, for Philadelphia Young Playwrights. PYP is an arts education nonprofit that taps the potential of youth and inspires learning through playwriting. Original music for Mouthful was created by Ill Dutes. To join the Ill movement, head on over to illdutes.com. 
That's I-L-L-D-O-O-T-S dot com. For episode extras and more information, visit mouthfulpodcastphilly.com. That's mouthfulpodcastphilly.com. Be sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and subscribe to the show on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Mouthful is edited by yours truly. <laughs>